three of the nativity of our lord jesus christ this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by anne boulet the nativity of our lord jesus christ from the meditations of anne catherine emerick translated by george richardson part three joseph in vain seeks for a lodging they go to the grotto of the crib they then entered into bethlehem in which the houses were separated from each other by considerable spaces they entered across some rubbish and by a gate which was fallen into decay mary remained quietly with the ass at the end of the street and joseph searched in vain for a lodging in the first houses for there were many strangers in bethlehem and many people were running here and there he returned to mary and told her that he could find nowhere to lodge there and that they must go further on into the city he led the ass by the bridle whilst the blessed virgin walked by his side when they were come to the end of another street mary remained again near the ass while joseph went from house to house without being able to find one where they would receive him he soon returned very much troubled this was repeated several times and sometimes the blessed virgin had a long time to wait everywhere the place was taken up everywhere he was repulsed and he ended by telling mary that they must go to another part of bethlehem where they would be sure to find what they wanted they then retraced their steps in the direction contrary to that which they had taken in coming when they turned to the south they then passed through a street which seemed rather a country road as the houses were isolated and on slight elevations arrived at the other side of bethlehem where the houses were still more scattered they found a large empty space situated in a hollow it was like a deserted field in the city there was there a kind of shed and a short distance from it a large tree like a lime tree with a smooth trunk whose branches extended widely and formed a kind of roof over it joseph led the blessed virgin to this tree he arranged a convenient seat for her with bundles at the foot of the trunk in order that she might rest whilst he sought again for a lodging in the neighboring houses the ass stood still with its head turned towards the tree mary remained at first standing leaning against the trunk of the tree her robe of white wool had no belt and fell about her in folds her head was covered with a white veil many persons passed by and looked at her not knowing that their savior was so near them how patient humble and resigned she was she had to wait a long time and at last she sat down upon the rugs her hands joined on her breast and with her head bowed down joseph returned to her in great trouble he had not found a lodging the friends of whom he had spoken to the blessed virgin would scarcely notice him he shed tears and mary consoled him he went again from house to house but as in order the more to induce them to consent he had spoken of the near approach of his wife's confinement this drew upon him a more distinct refusal the place was solitary but in the end some people passing by looked from a distance with curiosity as is usual if any one is seen remaining a long time in the same place towards the close of the day i believe that some of them spoke to mary and asked her who she was at last joseph returned he was so much troubled that he hardly dared come near her 
he told her it was of no use but that he knew further on in the city a spot where the shepherds often stayed when they came to bethlehem with their flocks and that they would find there at least a shelter he knew the place from his youth when his brothers tormented him he had often retired there to escape from their persecutions he said if the shepherds came there he could easily arrange with them but that they were rarely here at this season of the year he added when they were quietly settled he would make further inquiries they then went away by the eastern side of bethlehem following a deserted path which turned to the left it was a road like one which is found in walking by the side of the dilapidated walls ditches and fortifications of a small city in ruins the road at first rose a little it then descended the slope of a small hill and led them a few minutes to the east of bethlehem before the place they were seeking near a hill or an old rampart in front of which stood some trees they were green trees firs or cedars and other trees which had little leaves like box leaves i have learned many things which took place in ancient times in the grotto of the crib i remember only that seth the child of promise was there conceived and brought into the world by eve after a penitence of seven years it was there that the angel told her that god had given her this offspring in the place of abel seth was concealed and nourished in this grotto and in that of maraha for his brothers sought his life as the children of jacob did that of joseph at a more recent epoch when men lived in these grottoes i have often seen them make excavations in the stone so that they and their children could sleep there comfortably on the skins of beasts or on beds of grass the excavation made in the rock under the crib probably served for the bed of seth or the subsequent occupiers of the grotto of this however i am not sure the holy family enter into the grotto of the crib friday the twenty-third of november it was already late when they arrived at the entrance to the grotto the young ass which since they had entered into the paternal house of joseph had run about all round the city came there to meet them and began joyfully to leap about near them the blessed virgin then said to joseph see it is certainly the will of god that we go in here joseph placed the ass under a kind of roof which was there before the entrance of the grotto he prepared a seat for the blessed virgin and she sat down upon it whilst he went to procure a light at the entrance of the grotto the entrance was partially obstructed by bundles of straw and mats placed against the wall there were also in the grotto many things which were in the way and joseph cleared them away so as to prepare a convenient place for the blessed virgin on the eastern side of the grotto he fastened a lighted lamp to the wall and brought mary in who placed herself on a couch of rest which he had prepared for her with coverlets and some bundles he excused himself very humbly for only being able to procure for her such a poor lodging but mary inwardly was contented and joyful when she was properly settled joseph went out with a leathern bottle which he carried with him behind the hill into the meadow where a small brook was flowing he filled the bottle with water and brought it into the grotto he then went into the city and procured some small dishes and some charcoal the sabbath was near and in consequence of the numerous strangers who required a number of indispensable articles they had set up tables at the corners of the streets on which there were provisions that might be required 
I believe there were their people who were not Jews. Joseph returned carrying the lighted charcoal in a kind of grated box. He placed them at the entrance of the grotto, lighted the fire with a small piece of dry wood, and then brought the repast, which consisted of small cakes and some dried fruits. When they had eaten and prayed, Joseph prepared a couch for the Blessed Virgin. He spread over a litter of rushes, a coverlet similar to those which I had seen in the house of St. Anne, and placed another rolled-up coverlet to support her head. After having brought in the ass, and fastened it to a spot where it would be out of the way, he stopped up the openings of the grotto by which the air came in, and arranged a place to sleep for himself in the entrance of the grotto. When the Sabbath commenced, he remained with the Blessed Virgin under a lamp and recited with her the prayers of the Sabbath. He then quitted the grotto and went into the city. Mary wrapped herself up to take some rest. During the absence of Joseph, I saw the Blessed Virgin pray on her knees. Then she stretched herself on the coverlet, reposing on her side. Her head reposed upon her arm which was placed under the pillow. Joseph returned later on. He prayed again and humbly placed himself on his bed at the entrance of the grotto. Saturday, the 24th of November. Today the sister was very unwell and could only say very little. She communicated, however, as follows. The Blessed Virgin passed the Sabbath in the grotto of the crib, praying and meditating with great fervor. Joseph went out sometimes. He probably went to the synagogue of Bethlehem. I saw them eat the food prepared on the preceding day and pray together. In the afternoon, at which time the Jews generally take a walk on the Sabbath day, Joseph led the Blessed Virgin to the grotto of the tomb of Maraha, the nurse of Abraham. She remained some time in this grotto which was more spacious than that of the crib, and where Joseph arranged a seat for her. She also stayed under the tree which stood near, always praying and meditating until the close of the Sabbath. Joseph then brought her back. Mary had told her husband that the birth of the child would take place on this day at midnight, for at that hour would terminate the nine months which had passed since the salutation of the angel of the Lord. She had prayed him to do all they could to honor in the best manner the entrance into the world of the child promised by God and supernaturally conceived. She had asked him also to pray with her for those hard-hearted people who had refused to give him hospitality. Joseph offered the Blessed Virgin to get some pious women of Bethlehem, whom he knew to come and assist her. She did not wish it, and she told him she should have no need of help from anyone. Joseph went to Bethlehem before the close of the Sabbath, and as soon as the sun was set, he bought some things which he required a dish, a small low table, some fruits and dried grapes, which he brought to the grotto of the crib. He went from thence to the grotto of Maraha, and led back the Blessed Virgin to that of the crib, where she sat upon the coverlet. Joseph prepared some food. They ate and prayed together. He put up a division between the place which he had chosen to sleep in, and the rest of the grotto by means of some poles, on which he hung some mats which he found there. He gave the ass which was fastened to the wall of the grotto something to eat. He then filled the manger of the crib with reeds and grass and moss and spread a coverlet over it. As the Blessed Virgin had then told him that her time was at hand and wished him to pray in his chamber, he suspended several lighted lamps from the roof and went out from the grotto as he had heard a noise near the entrance. 
he there found the young ass, which till then had been running about in the valley of the shepherds. It appeared very joyful, and played and jumped about him. He fastened it under the shed, which was before the grotto, and gave it some food. When he returned to the grotto, and before entering his retreat, he cast his eyes upon the Blessed Virgin. He saw her praying on her knees before the couch. Her back was turned towards him, and she was looking towards the east. She seemed to him as if surrounded by flames, and all the grotto seemed to shine with a supernatural light. He looked at it as Moses, when he saw the burning bush. Then seized with a holy fear, he entered into his cell and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. The Birth of Christ The light which surrounded the Blessed Virgin became more and more brilliant. The light of the lamp prepared by Joseph could not be seen. When the hour of midnight arrived, Mary was transported in an ecstasy. I saw her raised a certain height from the ground. She had her hands crossed upon her breast. The light kept increasing around her. Everything seemed to feel a joyful emotion, even things inanimate. The rock which formed the floor and the wall of the grotto were, as it were, alive with light. But soon I saw no more of the roof. A luminous path, whose brightness continually increased, went from Mary to the highest heaven. Then there was a marvelous movement of the celestial glories, which, approaching nearer and nearer, appeared distinctly under the form of the angelic choirs. The Blessed Virgin, raised from the earth in her ecstasy, prayed and turned her eyes to her God, of whom she had become the mother, and who, a feeble newborn infant, was lying on the ground before her. I saw our Savior like a little shining infant, whose brilliance eclipsed all the surrounding splendor, lying upon the rug before the knees of the Blessed Virgin. He seemed to me very small, and to grow larger before my eyes, but this was only the radiance of the light so dazzling, that I can scarcely say how I could see it. The Blessed Virgin remained some time in ecstasy. Then I saw her place a linen cloth over the child, but she did not touch him, nor take him yet into her arms. After a short time I saw the infant Jesus move, and I heard him cry. It was then that the Blessed Virgin recovered the use of her senses. She took the child, wrapped it in the linen cloth with which she had covered it, and took it into her arms against her breast. I believe that she suckled it. I then saw angels around her in human form prostrate themselves before the newborn and adore him. About an hour had elapsed since the birth of the child, when Mary called St. Joseph, who was still praying with his face to the ground. Approaching, he prostrated himself, full of joy, humility, and fervor. It was only when Mary induced him to press to his heart, the sacred gift of the Most High, that he rose, received the infant Jesus in his arms, and returned thanks to God with tears of joy. Then the Blessed Virgin swathed the infant Jesus. Mary had only four linen cloths with her. I then saw Mary and Joseph sitting on the ground near each other. They did not speak, but seemed absorbed in contemplation. Before Mary, swathed as an ordinary child, was laid the newborn Jesus, beautiful and bright as lightning. Ah, I exclaimed, this place contains the salvation of the whole world, and no one can doubt it. They then placed the infant in the crib. They had refilled it with rushes and beautiful plants, on which they had spread a coverlet. 
It was above the trough, hollowed in the rock to the right of the entrance to the grotto, which became greater there in a southerly direction. When they had placed the infant in the crib, they both stood at the side, shedding tears of joy and chanting songs of praise. Joseph then arranged the sleeping couch and seat of the Blessed Virgin by the side of the crib. I saw her, both before and after the birth of Jesus, dressed in a white garment, which completely covered her. I saw her during the first days sitting, kneeling, standing, or even lying on her side and sleeping, but neither ill nor fatigued. The Gloria in Excelsis, the birth of Christ announced to the shepherds. I saw in many places, even in the most distant countries, an unusual joy and an extraordinary movement during this night. I saw the hearts of many good men animated with a joyous desire, and those of the wicked full of anguish and trouble. I saw many animals show their joy by their movements. The flowers raise their heads, plants and trees receive as it were new life, and spread far and wide their perfumes. I saw also springs burst out of the ground. Thus at the moment that the Savior was born, an abundant spring burst forth in the grotto which is on the hill to the north of the grotto of the crib. Joseph saw it on the following day, and prepared a place for it to run off. Over Bethlehem the sky was a somber red, whilst over the grotto of the crib, in the valley near the grotto of Maraha, and over the valley of the shepherds, there was a shining vapor. In the valley of the shepherds, about a league and a half from the grotto of the crib, there was a hill at which vineyards commenced which extended from thence as far as Gaza. The cottages of three shepherds, who were the heads of the families of shepherds who lived in the neighborhood, stood on the side of this hill. At a distance twice that from the grotto of the crib was a tower called the shepherd's tower. It was a large pyramid-shaped scaffolding of woodwork, having for its base blocks of stone placed in the midst of green trees, and built upon an isolated hill standing in the midst of the plain. It was surrounded with staircases and galleries, with a kind of small round towers, the whole being, as it were, hung round with matting. It had some resemblance to those towers of wood, from the top of which they observed the stars in the country of the three magi kings, and which had in the distance the appearance of a large ship with many masts and sails. There was a very extensive view from this tower over the surrounding country. Jerusalem, and even the mountain of the temptation in the desert of Jericho, could be seen from here. The shepherds had watchers there to look after the movements of their flocks, and to warn them by sounding a horn, in case of any incursion of robbers or soldiers, and whom they could see for a long distance from this spot. The families of the shepherds lived all about here, within a radius of more than two leagues. They occupied small isolated farms surrounded with gardens and fields. The place where they assembled together was near this tower. The guardians appointed to watch over the common property dwelt here on the side of the hill where the tower stood. There were cottages, and separate from these, a large shed with many apartments, where the wives of the guardians lived and prepared the food. On this night I saw the flocks near the tower. A part were in the open air, another part were under a shed near the hill of the three shepherds. When Jesus was born, I saw the three shepherds struck with the unusual aspect of this marvelous night. Standing near their cottages, they looked round and observed with wonder an extraordinary light above the grotto of the crib. 
I saw also that the shepherds who were near the tower were excited. I saw them mounting the scaffolding, and looked towards the side of the grotto of the crib. While the three shepherds had their eyes turned towards heaven, I saw a luminous cloud descend before them. As it came near, I observed a movement. I saw forms and figures become visible, and I heard harmonious songs of a joyful kind, and which became more and more distinct. The shepherds were at first afraid, but an angel appeared before them and said, Fear not, I come to announce to you great joy for all the people of Israel. For today is born for you in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this is the sign by which you shall know him. You shall find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laid in a manger. While the angel announced this, the splendor increased all around him, and I saw six or seven large figures of angels, beautiful and shining. They had in their hands something like a long streamer, whereon was written something in large letters of the size of a hand, and I heard them praise God and sing, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and on earth peace to men of good will. The shepherds of the town had the same apparition, but a little later. The angels also appeared to a third group of shepherds near a fountain, situated three leagues from Bethlehem to the east of the shepherd's tower. I did not see the shepherds go immediately to the grotto of the crib, from which a part of them were a league and a half distant, and the others doubled that distance. The sisters saw during the night of the nativity many things touching the precise determination of the time of the birth of Christ. But her state of sickness and the visits which were paid to her on the day following, which was the festival of St. Catherine, her patron saint, caused her to forget a good deal. However, a short time afterwards, being in an ecstasy, she communicated some fragments of her visions, when it is remarkable that she always saw the numbers written in Roman letters, and that she had often difficulty in reading them, but she explained them, repeating the name of the letters in the order in which she saw them, or she traced them with her fingers. This time, however, she told the numbers. You can read it, she said, it is marked there. Jesus Christ was born before the year of the world, 3997 was ended. Afterwards the four years, less a portion of a year, which elapsed between the nativity and the end of the year 4,000 were forgotten, for subsequently they have made our new era commence four years later. One of the consuls of Rome was then named Lentulus. He was the ancestor of St. Moses, priest and martyr, of whom I have here a relic, and who lived in the time of St. Cyprian. Also the Lentulus who became the friend of St. Peter in Rome was descended from him. Herod had reigned forty years. During seven of those years he was not independent, but he already oppressed the country and practiced great cruelty. He died, if I am not mistaken, in the sixth year of the life of Jesus. I believe that his death was kept secret for some time. He was sanguinary up to the time of his death, and in his last days did much evil. I saw him drag himself along into a large room, all cushioned. He had a lance at his hand, and tried to strike those who came near him. Jesus was born a little before the thirty-fourth year of his reign. Two years before Mary entered the temple, Herod made some erections in it. It was not a new temple which he made, only changes and decorations. The flight into Egypt took place when Jesus was nine months old, 
and the massacre of the innocents when he was still in his second year she mentioned also several circumstances and several facts from the life of herod which show how she saw everything in detail but it was impossible to put into order what she had related at broken intervals the birth of jesus christ took place in a year in which the jews reckoned thirteen months it is an arrangement analogous to that of our bisextile years i believe also that the jews had twice in the year months of twenty and twenty-two days i understood something of this in reference to their festival days but of this i have only a confused recollection i remarked also that several times they made changes in the calendar this was at the time of their coming out of the captivity when they were working at the temple i saw the man who changed the calendar and i have known his name adoration of the shepherds sunday the twenty fifth of november at the first break of day the three principal shepherds came from their little hill to the grotto of the crib with the presents which they had prepared they were little animals very much resembling roe deer if they were small goats they differed from those of our country they had long necks and beautiful shining eyes they were very graceful and nimble in their pace the shepherds led them along attached to thin cords they also carried on their shoulders birds which they had killed and other birds under their arms of a larger size they knocked timidly at the door of the grotto of the crib and joseph came to meet them they repeated to him what the angels had announced to them and told him they were come to pay their homage to the infant of promise and to present him with their offerings joseph accepted their presence with humble gratitude and conducted them to the blessed virgin who was sitting near the crib and holding the infant jesus on her knees the three shepherds knelt down humbly and remained a long time in silence absorbed in feelings of indescribable joy they afterwards sang the canticle which they had heard the angels sing and a psalm which i have forgotten when they wished to retire the blessed virgin gave them the little jesus whom they held in their arms one after another then weeping they gave him back to her and quitted the grotto sunday the twenty fifth of november in the evening the sister was during the whole of this day in great suffering both physical and mental this evening being just asleep she found herself transported to the promised land as independently of her contemplations of the nativity she had besides a series of visions on the first year of the ministry of jesus and precisely at the same time on the fast of forty days she exclaimed with naive astonishment ah how touching is this i see on one side jesus at the age of thirty years fasting and tempted by the devil in a cavern of the desert and on the other side i saw him a newborn babe adored by the shepherds in the grotto of the crib after these words she rose from her bed with surprising rapidity ran to the open door of her chamber and as if intoxicated with joy called the friends who were in the ante-room saying to them come come quickly and adore the infant who is near me she then returned to her bed with the same rapidity and began whilst her face shone with enthusiasm and fervor to sing in a clear and marvelously expressive voice the magnificat the gloria in excelsis and other unknown canticles in a simple style of profound meaning and partly in rhyme she sang the seconds also of one of these airs there appeared in her an emotion of joy singularly touching this is what she related on the following morning 
Yesterday evening many shepherds, with their wives and their children, came from the shepherd's tower, which is four leagues from the grotto. They brought birds, eggs, honey, skeins of thread of different colors, small packets resembling raw silk, and bouquets of a plant resembling the rush, and which had large leaves. This plant had ears full of large grains. When they had given their presents to Joseph, they humbly approached the crib, and kneeling, they sang some very beautiful psalms, the Gloria in Excelsis, and some short canticles I sang with them. They sang in several parts, and in one of these I took the second. I remember very nearly the following words, O little infant, red as the rose, you appear as the messenger of peace. When they took leave, they bent over the crib, as if they embraced the little Jesus. Monday, the 26th of November. I saw today the three shepherds assist in turn, St. Joseph to arrange everything conveniently in the grotto of the crib and in the side grottoes. I saw also near the Blessed Virgin several pious women who rendered her different services. They were Essenians, who lived a short distance from the grotto of the crib, in a hollow situated to the south of the hill. They occupied near together a sort of chambers hollowed in the rock, some distance from the ground. They had small gardens near their homes, and instructed the children of their sect. It was St. Joseph who had induced them to come. He knew this society ever since his youth, for when he fled from his brothers to the grotto of the crib, he had more than once visited these pious women. They came one after another to the Blessed Virgin, bringing small quantities of provisions, and busied themselves with the cares of the household for the Holy Family. Tuesday, the 27th of November. This day I saw a very touching scene in the grotto of the crib. Joseph and Mary were standing near the crib, and looking on the infant Jesus with deep tenderness. All at once the ass threw himself on his knees and bent his head to the ground. Mary and Joseph shed tears. This evening a message came from St. Anne. An old man came from Nazareth with a widow relative of St. Anne, and who was her servant. They brought several little things for Mary. They were very much moved at the sight of the infant. The old man shed tears of joy. They soon set out on their way to carry the news to St. Anne. The female servant remained with the Blessed Virgin. Wednesday, the 28th of November. Today I saw the Blessed Virgin with the infant Jesus and the servant leave the grotto of the crib for several hours. I saw her conceal herself in the side grotto, where a spring of water had burst forth after the birth of Jesus Christ. She remained nearly four hours in this grotto, where subsequently she spent two days. Joseph, at the break of day, had so arranged it that she could stay there without great inconvenience. They went there in consequence of an inward admonition, that several persons would come today from Bethlehem to the grotto of the crib. I believe they were emissaries of Herod. In consequence of the shepherd's conversation, the report had spread about that something miraculous had taken place at this spot at the time of the birth of a child. I saw these men exchange words with St. Joseph, whom they found before the grotto with the shepherds, and they left him sneeringly when they had seen his poverty and simplicity. The Blessed Virgin, after having remained about four hours in this side grotto, returned to the crib with the infant Jesus. The grotto of the crib enjoyed a sweet tranquility. Nobody came from Bethlehem. 
the shepherds alone were in communication with it the apparition to the shepherds at the hour of the birth of jesus had caused that all the good people of the valleys had heard speak of the marvelous child of promise they came now to honor the infant friday the thirtieth of november Today, many shepherds and other good people came to the grotto of the crib and honored the infant jesus with great emotion when everybody was gone away for the synagogue of bethlehem joseph got ready in the grotto the lamp for the sabbath which had seven wicks lighted it and placed it on a little table on which were scrolls containing prayers and under this lamp he celebrated the sabbath with the blessed virgin and the servant of saint anne monday the third of december this evening i saw elizabeth come from juta to the grotto of the crib riding on an ass which was led by an old servant mary and she embraced with feelings of inexpressible joy she pressed the infant jesus to her heart shedding tears the blessed virgin related to her cousin everything which had happened to her up to the present time and when she spoke of what she had suffered in seeking for a lodging at bethlehem elizabeth wept with all her heart during the preceding days i have often seen mary show her child to some visitors covered with a veil and quite naked with the exception of the cloth round his body at other times i have seen him completely swathed end of part three end of the nativity of our lord jesus christ from the meditations of anne catherine emerick translated by george richardson